Thanks for listening to the Voices of UMass Med, featuring the people, ideas, and advances of UMass Medical School. Today we focus on Duchenne muscular dystrophy, the most common form of muscular dystrophy, and a new model of providing care to these patients and their families. Today we're joined by two special guests. Tracy Seckler is the co-founder and CEO of Charlie's Fund, a nonprofit that raises awareness and resources for care and cutting-edge research into the disease. Tracy's son, Charlie, is living with Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And Dr. Brenda Wong, a neurologist and internationally renowned leader in Duchenne, Dr. Wong leads the Duchenne program at UMass Medical School. Welcome to both of you. Thank, Thank you. Really happy to be having this conversation today. So before we talk specifically about the Duchenne program here at UMass, Brenda, could you help just orient people who might not be very familiar with Duchenne muscular dystrophy? Can you just describe the disease and how it often first presents itself? Duchenne muscular dystrophy is a genetic disorder and the gene mutation is on the X chromosome. So uh, because of that, we see that occurring in the, uh, boys, and um, it is uh, quite, it's the commonest muscular dystrophy, so it occurs in about one in 3,600 live male births. You have the genetic disorder, but the symptoms and signs do not get picked up till the boy is about three to five years old, and they present with difficulties in running, um, jumping, uh, going up steps. And so that's about the time they present to their doctors who then evaluate the child with a blood test. And uh, we find then a very elevated level of the muscle enzyme called CPK. And based on that, um, the patient is usually then referred to the neurology clinic uh, upon which the diagnosis is confirmed on a blood test, it's genetic testing, uh, confirming the mutation. And so the first signs are often trouble running or jumping. Tracy, was that your experience with Charlie? He was diagnosed at the age of three, I think? Yes, but I can't emphasize enough how mild it seems in a lot of um, kids in the beginning. And it's a progressive and aggressive disease, so it gets worse with each passing day. But when Charlie was diagnosed at three and a half years old, the signs were really mild. I mean, we thought maybe it's just developmental delays and you know he was in preschool and participating in activities and no one really raised an alarm until we actually got into the hands of a neurologist who noticed some telltale signs but it really it's not like a blatantly obvious thing that kind of knocks you off your feet in the beginning and when the diagnosis was confirmed and the months and years following that what what was that experience like of now having a diagnosis I don't think there's a word to describe what that feels like. Um, all, all that comes to mind is like a visual image of just like shattered glass. I mean, your whole life just completely shatters, you know, um, and there's fragments everywhere and then you have to figure out how are you going to put it all back together and it's not going to look the way it looked before. 
but um, there is a way to put it back together. The Charlie's Fund website describes Charlie as a neat freak, a fashion maven, a lover of modern design, which I kind of loved. Um, he, he seems to be re doing really well, but it seems like there were some challenges in terms of just getting the right care. And that's what really, we'll talk about this a little bit more, that's what you're trying to address here with this Duchenne program at UMass. But can you talk about those challenges? Like what are the needs of kids with Duchenne that are maybe special? From a parent's perspective, it can be extremely difficult and confusing to know what to do because Duchenne is a neuromuscular disease, but it affects almost every system in the body. So your heart is involved, your lungs are involved, your bones are involved, sometimes your eyes are involved due to um, long-term steroid treatment, which is the only approved treatment that can help all patients with the disease. So almost every single part of your body is affected and, you, and therefore a lot of doctors are involved. And so a very challenging thing for families can be when a pulmonologist is telling you one thing and the neurologist is telling you something else and an endocrinologist is telling you something else, it's overwhelming. And my husband is a physician, so I'm lucky enough to be able to kind of rely on him for advice, but it's still, even for us, can be very confusing. So it's a real challenge to find a team of doctors who are working together and then uh, having a quarterback who will interface with the family to really guide you, taking into account all the different um, areas of expertise. Brenda, I'm sure you've experienced this over and over and over again from families that are just looking for answers and looking for the glue to hold that care team together. So let's talk about the Duchenne program at UMass Medical School. Um, what is the experience that you want families to have when they're coming into this clinic? We want to play the role of a quarterback. Uh, in our words, we want to provide a medical home uh, for our patients and families of Duchenne muscular dystrophy and help them navigate through the complexities of the health system, as well as help them connect the dots, you know, up between all the issues that we encounter in the heart, the lungs, the muscles, um, the bones, the endocrine system, and our goal is to help them realize that, you know, coming to each annual visit, it's more of like, I'll tell the little boys, like, you know, it's like your car coming to my garage so that I give you a tune-up. Uh -huh. And I would look into every aspect of the car so that your car keeps on running and running well. And so they don't leave the clinic feeling depressed after each visit, even though there's a list of things to do and a reminder of what you know, things need to be improved. So basically, um, we here at UMass strive to provide that coordinated care approach that really gives it that patient and family-centered experience that they feel like they have got that help and assistance to take care of their health needs and then go on to really enjoy life and, and to have a good quality of life and excel in their school, in their work. And, and so basically here we have the support of Charlie's Fund, we've got the support of the UMass Med School, we've got the support of the Memorial Health System um, and also the Clinical Trials Unit to be able to provide that all-encompassing uh, full-spectrum health care. And Tracy, from the perspective of Charlie's Fund, why was it important for you to invest in this model? 
I'd say two things. The first thing is typically kids who have Duchenne muscular dystrophy are treated at a pediatric neuromuscular clinic. And that model is, in my opinion, has not kept up with the times. So number one, it's a pediatric clinic for the most part. And thanks to advancements in care, uh, patients with Duchenne are living longer. So you have guys in their 20s, you know, late 20s, who aren't, their needs aren't necessarily met by meeting with pediatric providers. Um, so that's, you know, and I just recently read um, an article that came out a few months ago that said that the incidence of Duchenne, like the number of people who are born with it, is the same, but the prevalence is higher because people are living longer with it. So um, pediatrics doesn't necessarily fit the mold anymore for our patient population. And then the second part of the problem is general neuromuscular. So much has been learned about Duchenne muscular dystrophy in the past 20 years. It's been an explosion of knowledge on how to best treat the patients and then also on what emerging treatments may actually really help slow or stop the progression. And so it really was high time for there to be a, a program that was only focused on this. There's no way for a doctor to be up on everything that's happening in Duchenne and then also care for patients with all other sorts of diseases. So it really is a sign of the times that this innovative model was even needed. I, 20 years ago, I don't think there was really a need for something like this. Fascinating. You're listening to Voices of UMass Med with Tracy Seckler of Charlie's Fund and Dr. Brenda Wong, director of the Duchenne program at UMass Medical School. Let's talk about the current state of care. What can somebody with Duchenne muscular dystrophy now expect in terms of a quality of life? I think, you know, the good old days, the natural history, um, patients were told, go home and love your child. And when they asked about going to college, they said, you know, that's not going to be feasible, but now we're having all our young men going to college, graduating from college. Um, of course, the challenge after that is getting, you know, gainful employment and working on that next phase of problem. But certainly that is a far cry from taking your child home and keep him at home and love him. You were talking about high school graduations, we're talking about college graduations, and, uh, and things have changed. And I think there's been changes in just what is currently available to us, like use of medicines that are on the market that are being used for other diseases that can be used here because some of the problems that people with Duchenne have are not specific to Duchenne, like osteoporosis, for example, or heart failure. There are medicines for those things, and we're learning more and more each day about how to utilize currently available medicines and nutrition to help enhance and maybe extend the lives of patients with Duchenne. But another huge piece of the Duchenne program at UMass is the clinical trials for new treatments. And we don't know yet if they work, but um, a, reason why a huge reason why Charlie Svon wanted to help set this up was to have a dedicated place that was focused on being able to help uh, sponsors carry out their clinical trials so we can figure out which of these new medicines are actually going to benefit patients. I read that when Charlie was diagnosed in 2004 there was not a single clinical trial available and now there are 20. So what are some of the key questions that these current studies are looking to answer? You have now about many 20 trials and they were they're pretty much 
based on different strategies. So like this first one was to produce this trophin, the missing protein. So it, then you have the other mutational um, uh, modifying agents like etablirsin that's for uh, about 13 to 15 percent of the population to skip exon called 51 to enable them to produce a uh, truncated protein that is hoped to be uh, somewhat functional mm -hmm. and, and rescue the, the phenotype and make it less severe. It doesn't produce the full length missing protein, dystrophin, but so that's the strategy of exon skipping um, that is now uh, seen in a number of trials that is coming up and that has happened uh, with other exons as well. And then you have agents that is uh, addressing the inflammation, um, and, and that's a, a number of them. Inflammation of the muscles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they call it a TGF beta pathway. And then you have the attempts to have a substitute protein, like in the past, eutrophin. So, so there are various strategies, and there is also one right now that we are involved in that has completed uh, active enrollment, and that is anti-myostatin pathway to increase muscle mass. Mm. So increasing muscle mass to improve strength and function, that's, that's the strategy. Inflammation to, to, to increase strength and slow down the disease progression by slowing down the loss of muscle. So yeah, so I think we are now into various uh, strategies, which is exciting that we can look towards like maybe a combinatorial kind of approach to treating the disease. Right, so 20 studies underway to try to slow the progression of it. As a mom, what does the fact that there are so many studies now and more on the horizon mean for you and your family? Um, well, as a mom, it just is very encouraging to know that it's not just one shot on goal. Um, there are many companies pursuing a lot of different approaches. And I mean, this is going to sound very medical, but <laughs> my way of explaining what's going on right now is that Duchenne is caused by one root problem, which is a genetic mutation. That means your body doesn't produce a missing protein. But without that protein, a whole lot of bad stuff happens. <laughs> and that means that there are many different things you can do to try to stop that downstream pathology. And all these different companies are taking their various shots on goal, which is great because maybe some will work better than others, maybe some will work in some patients and others will work better in other patients. So I think it's fantastic that we have this variety of attempts to slow or stop the disease. It's really exciting. And as the co-founder of Charlie's Fund, what it means for us now is when we started Charlie's Fund 15 years ago, we spent most of our energy and funds helping to advance these shots on goal and just investing in all different kinds of early science that could potentially lead to treatments. And now we have shifted our focus a bit to say, okay, well, all these different companies have basically picked up the ball and are running with it. They're conducting clinical trials, they're doing more and more research. So as a nonprofit foundation, what can we do to give each of these drug sponsors the best possible chance of success? And one of the things that we knew we could do was set up a clinic and research site in the Northeast because when you're running a clinical trial, if you don't have a trial center that's well-equipped with a lot of patients in the Northeast, you're missing out on a huge population of people who want to and are willing to participate to help you figure out if your drug works or not. 
All in all, I think we are here to provide that journey of hope together with the families so that the patients do well clinically um, with best outcomes and, and at the same time, we're on this journey to find new cures and we're always looking you know, towards the light and at the end of the tunnel. So it is a difficult journey, uh, but really I think we all thrive on that hope and I can see the boys all you know, thriving and not just surviving. Brenda, how did you first come to want to devote your career to treating boys with Duchenne? I guess I was put into a clinic of uh, neuromuscular patients, half of them have Duchenne, and then I attended some of these family meetings where you can see the families actually driving that whole force towards you know, a cure and a, a better state of health. So it's just amazing, and the boys themselves, it's, it's just been uh, two decades of seeing how they have grown from a three-year-old to an 18-year-old entering college, and, uh, and they're all now like young adults and shining examples of what resilience and hope is in this terribly progressive disorder. Must be really satisfying. Um, Tracy, you're being modest. You mentioned Charlie's Fund was founded about 15 years ago, and you've raised more than $45 million for research and care in that time? Uh, directed $45 million into medical research and programs to advance treatment. A lot of times we leverage our dollars with other organizations, so we'll identify a project such as this one and carve out the opportunity to have impact and then talk with other groups or families and they'll co-invest or co-fund a project with us. So then the end result of that is $45 million being spent by us and others at our direction to advance the research. And really seizing our genetic understanding now that, as you said, was not really part of the scientific community 15 or 20 years ago. So your son Charlie is headed to college in the fall. How are you feeling about that? <laughs> I'm kind of amazed. <laughs> um, yeah, I've definitely learned to just stop looking so much to the future because when he was first diagnosed and I mentioned it felt like our whole world shattered, you kind of can't help but you know, think, oh, he's never going to do this and he's never going to do that. And, you know, all the nevers, he's never going to go to prom, he's never going to go to college. And, and so far, he, he's doing all of it, not necessarily in the exact way we thought he would, but, <laughs> um, you know, he's finding his way and it's really exciting. Thank you both for your time. I really hope Charlie has a blast in college this fall, and thank you for taking the time to talk to us, both of you. Thank, thank you. you. Tracy Seckler is co-founder and CEO of Charlie's Fund. Dr. Brenda Wong is a neurologist and director of the Duchenne program at UMass Medical School. You can meet their team and learn more about ongoing research studies at the Duchenne program by checking out umassmed.edu slash Duchenne, and you can read Charlie and Tracy Seckley's blogs at charliesfund.org. Keep up to date with everything happening at UMass Medical School by following us on Facebook at UMass Med, on Twitter at UMass Medical, and on LinkedIn at University of Massachusetts Medical School.